NFL trainers and Pokemon enthusiasts. Introducing Go Battlecast, your weekly fix for all things Pokemon Go and Pokemon. Get the unfiltered, raw truth on the game, culture, and community. So, let the battle begin. Here are your hosts, Zach Duarte and Dominic Zingali. And we're back for another episode of the Go Battlecast podcast. Zach Duarte alongside Dominic Zingali for episode two. A little bit of a break between our episodes one and two. We kind of want to start transitioning our episodes to Mondays so you can have those to start off your week with. And if there's any relevant news throughout the week, Dom and I will make an appearance for another podcast episode. But going forward, Dom and I feel it's best that our podcast episodes are released on Mondays. So happy Monday, everybody. Uh, Welcome back into the Go Battlecast podcast. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to listen to us, give us feedback, everything. The, The feedback from the community has been great. A lot for us to get into in this episode we had Community Day yesterday. We had Go Battle Night two days ago, Dom. So a lot has happened in the last two days. We have a new event coming on Tuesday as well. So a lot for us to get into, Dom. But Community Day today, you and I hung out for a little bit. We went to the park, our local park nearby, met a lot of great people. We met some new people, Dom. Uh, just some great stories for us to share again. You know, just good to be back with you. And, and it was good to see you today. I know you're going to have a YouTube video coming out from everything that took place today at uh, at the park. Yeah, it was definitely something different as far as bringing out the camera and then just seeing everyone all over again. It's been a while. Yeah, it was fun. And, you know, we met some new people. Like that's I, I, I just, every time I talk about this game, I talk about just meeting people in the community. And it doesn't matter to me, you know, what race you are, how old you are, what gender you are. I mean, today we met a, a lovely older lady named Kimberly who had just moved to our neighborhood from Ocala, and she was saying how she was having a hard time finding a community to play the game with, so I introduced her to our friends. We got her on our WhatsApp groups. I mean, that's what I love about this game so much, but Community Day, Dom, Oshawott, you know, not a Pokemon that's... It doesn't really move the needle very much, and I feel like that's kind of where they've gone the last few Community Days, and they're going with that with uh, Duskull in October again, but... You know, it's a starter Pokemon. It's one that you definitely want to have. It could have some relevance in a cup. I made sure to get myself a Duat, right? Get myself a Duat ready for Great League. Who knows? Once I, Hopefully, if I can reach Legend, I can try some Spice in Great League. But how was your community day today, Dom? Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Duat, or is it supposed to be Samurott? Well, I got the Samurott. I got all the Samurots <laughs> I need, but I got a Duat also. Wait. The, middle, uh, the middle evolution of the Oshawott family. I had to make sure I had that. You never know. You never know when these Pokemon are going to have relevance in one of these cups. I know. That's true. That's true. I'm just wondering what moves it actually has. It's something not even to think about, you know, but I know you love Spice, so I'm not even sure what what can happen with Duat. It almost sounds like a it's a song, you know, Duat, do, 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 Duat. <laughs> it's basically, it's a water, it's a straight water type Pokemon, but it has water and bug moves. I think it has... Uh, X Scissor maybe and Aqua Tail. I think it, it doesn't it doesn't have any crazy charge moves, but you know people will definitely not know what's coming at them when they see a Duat coming out in battle. They'll they'll have no idea. You know when you have that battle and there's a Pokemon, you have no clue what charge move is coming at you. That's what that's gonna do. So that's that's sometimes where the psychology of GBL comes in because you have no clue what moves that that Pokemon could have. So I. You know, I cover my bases with these community days. Make sure I have the third evolution, which was in this in this case, it was Samurott. Make sure I had 
Samurai for Great League, Ultra League, Master League. And I had a Duat ready for I had a Duat ready for Great League. I didn't get an opportunity to build a Oshawat. Too much XL candies. Too much XL candies, right? Yeah. Like that's almost six hundred XL candies to build a Samurai all the way to level fifty and a, and an Oshawat to level fifty. So I settled. I'm 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 working on the Oshawat. I actually got a. You saw it. You saw it. I got the Shundo. I got yep. the Shundo. Yeah. You, you saw it. So. Yep. <laughs> you know, I didn't catch up with you at the end. Did you get everything you need for all the for all the leagues? I think for the most part, we well, pretty much. I kept things mostly casual. I think this is really the first community day that I actually didn't finish until five o'clock. I think uh, after doing some of the videos, and I think some of you guys left around twelve one two ish. I stuck around for another hour just recording some extra B-roll and just seeing if I can catch some extra stuff that would have been nice, but nothing nothing fancy. I wasn't really having any luck with the shinies. It took me like an hour or so to get at least one shiny. And yeah, I just like, you know what? Like you already mentioned, it's not going to be a powerhouse in most leagues or in, in GBL. I think it's going to be a spice pick once in a while to use or maybe when there's a new move pool, there's going to be something really cool for it. Even with the new move, it's I don't think it's going to be viable. Maybe for Master League, I would imagine, if we had the new move with maybe Megahorn instead of Hydro Cannon. But I don't know. I didn't really hunt for the XL candies myself. I think I reached at like 100, 150. And yeah, that was about it. Like I wasn't too, too crazy about it. And plus doing the video for the first time today, it was another focus instead of having maybe an extra phone or just the... The community day itself, you know? Your YouTube is Pogo Doms, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That is correct. Everything's Pogo Doms. All right, all right. Make sure you're checking out Dom on stream, on Twitch, on YouTube, all those channels. There you can find me on Twitter at Duarte Party. Now, Dom, we're a week into uh, the Ultra League and the Ultra League Remix Cup. No classic this time around. When we come back around to Ultra League, we will get the classic. Uh, I think we're getting Premier Classic, if I'm not mistaken, the second time around. But this time around... Just Ultra League and Ultra League Remix Cup. Now, I'm I'm not about usually the general leagues. I like the whether it's a Remix Cup or a Premier. I'm I'm about those. So I've been doing Ultra League Remix. And let me tell you, in the first three to four days, and this 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 is typical of GBL. I had such a hard time. I mean, I dropped an Elo probably back down to about 2100 I was about at I was at 2400 right when Ultra League came around and it takes me a while to find a team that's worked and I found one now I'm, I've reached veteran rank but this Ultra League is a pain in the ass man it really is a pain in the ass because it's all XL Pokemon and th there can be a thousand videos about teams that you can win without XL Pokemon you're not winning shit in Ultra League without XL Pokemon and that's a fact. I don't care who comes out with what video. I don't I don't care. It, it just I find it to be impossible to climb in Ultra League without XL Pokemon. I think every season since the rise of XL, we're not the rise, but you know the the introduction of XL candy, it made it more and more difficult to strive without XL Pokemon and I can definitely agree with that too. The fact that up to this point, it's it almost felt like it was merely impossible. I think last season you probably can get away with just one XL Pokemon on a team, but I feel like this time around you have have you have to have like two, especially if you want to climb or just be really really consistent. Because, I mean, I can say 
this time around starting in Ultra League, and I only did Remix, I don't want to do Open, I did finally power up two XLs. I did a 100% Pidgeot, and I did a 98% Scrafty. And that has helped me quite a bit when I reached my ELO, I think it was days ago, just before the GBL day that we had for the first time. And I was happy that I got the ELO. It was so close to 2,400. That was my personal best. But at some point, you know, I tried to mix up the team around because it just wasn't really working out. I tried some non-XL Pokemon and it just didn't work. It, it worked for a bit and then it just pushed me all the way down. And we already know like that whole roller coaster ride as far as our ELOs go. Yeah, look, I had the same experience. I tried first to do a... I went in the first day just kind of feeling out the league and you could just see the abundance of XL Pokemon. And that's going to happen more so now than in past seasons because you've had access to a lot of these Pokemon for a lot longer. You've had access to Scrafty now for a few seasons. There was an event, I don't know, six or eight weeks ago where Stunfist was around and spawning so you could catch those. But now you've got Nidoqueens, you've got uh, Drapions, you've got access to these Pokemon now. So those Pokemon are now going to be part of the meta. And it's just so, in my opinion, impossible to climb without XL Pokemon. I actually, Dom, we might have two-thirds of the same team because I have also been been using a 100 Pidgeot. And uh, I have a lucky trade. I don't know what the IVs are on the Scrafty, but I've been using those two as well to climb to... I got to 2,600 on Go Battle Night. I'm back down to 2,550. But we might have some of the same team here. And here's the thing about this. Listen, I, I enjoy Go Battle League, and I enjoy the struggle that the, the Pokemon game tries to induce to you. I, I appreciate that. That makes things worth it. The climb to Legend is worth it, Dom, because of the back and forth, the up and down, the struggle to figure out a team, the frustration. If I'm a new player coming to this game, and I don't have access to XL Candy, period, it's impossible for me to compete against other people who have access to XL Pokemon. So there has to be something done for new players to the game because new players to the game are what's going to keep the game alive and afloat. You can't just rely on your current player base because some people will quit. Some people will fall by the wayside. You need to have fresh blood and, and, and new players into your game. And if I'm a new player playing Pokemon Go and GBL comes around and it's all XL Pokemon and I can't compete, that's going to turn me off from the game. So they need to figure out something, Dom, where new players can compete. Maybe it's a league for sub-level uh, 40 players. I don't know what that is. Maybe they can have access to XL Candy from level 30. I, I, I don't know. But there has to be something figured out to A, make it more accessible for new players to compete and go battle league, and B, make it more accessible for new players to have access to XL Pokemon as well. Yeah, they definitely need to change the mechanics one way, shape, or form. There needs to be a way. I think the way that they start off with the season, I think it's a great, great approach. That when we had Great League, there was at least an option or two to what we can play in that league. And it didn't really fatigue us mentally as far as choosing which one we want to play or being stuck with one actual league itself. I think they need to actually expand on that. And especially like what you're saying, there should be an Ultra League that has no XL Pokemon. I don't know how they're going to do it in the coding or anything like that, but they need to find a way to be like no XL. And it makes it a lot easier for any player to actually play because like you're saying as well, and I completely agree, any new player, and I can, when we all personally experienced this before, 
uh, Ultra League is maybe not the best of the best league for all players, but to have just starter Pokemon versus a bulk XL, it's 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 hard enough as it is. I think expert players or ones that have at least played in GBL for at least five seasons can probably get away with it, but that's just like that's just calculated plays at that point, and I don't think newcomers are going to have that kind of understanding. On top of everything, everything else that they're trying to learn, I think during the Go Battle Day, I experienced a couple of those players. I mean, they were granted in the twenty one, twenty two hundred Elo, but you can kind of see how the the misplays happen here or there. But there's no way once once I passed that twenty five hundred Elo, it, it, you were like in the big lead, big leagues at that point, and it was just it was stressful. I mean, I was even having a hard time, and I was having some XL Pokemon on my side. So I I coined a catchphrase, Dom. I I was frustrated. Um, I'm sure a lot of us were frustrated with the first few days, and maybe you're still frustrated in Ultra League. And I coined a phrase, Dom, and I've trademarked it, and we'll put it on a t-shirt, and it's the name of this episode. If it ain't XL, it's to no avail. Because if you don't have XL Pokemon, you're not competing in the Ultra League. I, I And look, I know that Zionic does all these videos of use this team, use that team. Listen, man, like, again, like I said, for new players coming to the game, it's too hard for somebody. It's not even a new player, Dom. How long would it take you to start the game and get to level 40? It's going to take you a long time as a casual player to get to level 40 to have access to XL Pokemon. So something I think that Niantic needs to, and maybe this was something that should have been brought up at the Heroes Niantic meetings with all these uh, you know, private meetings with, with YouTubers and, and Pokemon Go personalities, is that... Ultra League needs to be more accessible for more people because you're just completely you're completely disconnecting a portion of your player base for these two weeks. If I was a new player, that would be extremely frustrating to me. So I know a lot of people have been frustrated with that. It's kind of just the give and take with GBL is sometimes there are these leagues where it's harder to compete. But I think what they did in Season 8 for Master League which is they had Master League, and I think they had either another cup or I think it was Great League Re- a Great League Remix Cup at the same time as Master League. So if you didn't have the Pokemon to compete in Master League, you could have the Pokemon to compete in this cup of 500 CP Pokemon or this Great League format with 1,500 CP and less, which is something most players have access to. So I think... For season 10, that's something I'd like to see. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but there's clearly there's clearly an, an XL Pokemon issue in Ultra League in which you're just alienating a certain part of your player base. Let's take that back, not even with XL Pokemon, but even with, let's just say, starter Pokemon. So you're starting the game, let's just say, the past month or two. There's videos like Zionic or other players that talk about Venusaur, that talk about Blastoise, a Charizard, a Lapras. We haven't even seen any of those Pokemon in the wild since God knows when. And it's it's the fact that you need to find players around you to being willing to trade, which I think the community would. But you still have to find the players to do that. It's not easy. And I even remember when I started just in the beginning of 2020... You know, reaching, finding everyone in Constitution Park. I mean, we we have a whole community, and everyone was nice and generous enough where 
there are trading me Pokemon left and right. Granted, I didn't have the perfect IVs at first, but I just made use with what I had with the little Stardust. I think for the first season or two at least, or gosh, I want to say the first four seasons, because I was so Stardust dry that I just used any lucky traded, any trade possible for Pokemon just to play. So yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a struggle. And as much as our community is really helping trying to find non-XL Pokemon to use, I think we also have to find a solution just to help new players just to get the resources that they actually need so they can just have some chance of playing on top of what Niantic needs to do to make it more reliable for everyone just to play on even playing fields, let's just say. Yeah, Dom, I agree. I completely agree. Let's let's move along. This upcoming week, we have Fashion Week. There will be a new Pokemon introduced into the game. I have a lot of trouble saying this Pokemon's name, so bear with me here. Furfrow? Furfrow? whatever. It is a normal type Pokemon that can change forms like 50 billion times. It's going to have specific forms to specific regions, which is that's a pretty cool dynamic. I don't know if there's going to be different moves based on the different um, forms of the Pokemon. But what the game is introducing, which I think is a, a really great idea is the mechanic to change the form of the Pokemon. So typically, if I have a Pokemon in a certain form, there is no changing it. I cannot change a Giratina altered to a Giratina origin. And I don't think that this mechanic coming in will change that. I agree if a Pokemon has two or three forms, you can keep that. You can keep those Pokemon separate in their own forms. But Furfru has 15, 16 different forms. So what they're going to introduce into the game is a mechanic to change the form with a Stardust and a Candy cost. Basically 10,000 Stardust and 25 Candy. Which I think is a great idea, Dom. I don't know how they will implement this into the future. I know that Arceus is a Pokemon that is coming to the game that I believe has 17 forms, if I'm not mistaken. That is a Pokemon that you cannot have in raids in 17 different forms because, to me, that would just take away from the appeal of an Arceus. Arceus is a mythical Pokemon. It is like the god of Pokemon. And if you had 17 different events of Arceus raids, it would just take away from how special that Pokemon is, which is what I kind of think they've done with Mewtwo, right? Mewtwo is like one of the best Pokemon in the history of the game, and you've had access to it seven times in the game, which I get. I really like the uh, EX raids. I miss those. I know that COVID has had an impact on that. I hope they bring that back at some point. I thought an EX raid was a great way to introduce Pokemon, but nevertheless, the game mechanic to change forms, Dom, I think is a great idea. I think it's something that they will implement in the future. I don't know how they will transition that from implementing it to a normal type Pokemon, like a Furfru to an Arceus, which is, once again, a mythical Pokemon that's very hard to have access to. I would have to think if they go with this mechanic, with an Arceus, it would be a much more significant cost. You know, we talked about the, a few minutes ago the struggle of Pokemon Go and the grind. Maybe that's a better word. Um, and I appreciate when things are a grind. They are hard to achieve. I appreciate it. That's why I hated Season 5 of GBL so much. It was just a gimme. So I think that when Arceus comes to the game, you will have this mechanic in order to change forms, Dom. But I think it should be at a much more significant cost. I don't know what that cost is. The easy answer is 100,000 Stardust and 100 Candy. I don't even think that's enough because it is such a rare and special Pokemon in the canon of the game 
that it shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be easy to change forms. So um, I think it's a it's a great idea, this mechanic, Dom, and I'm excited to see how Niantic will implement it for future Pokemon. I know you want to make things more challenging, but I don't know if I want to say you're shooting yourself in the foot because if there's going to have, let's just say, the cost of 100 candies and 100,000 Stardust, I mean, we can constantly change if we please, but I think even just the cost of switching... I don't know if it's going to be every other day or once a week, once a month. That's still going to be a lot of candy and stardust to just save as resources for just one Pokemon itself. I think nonetheless, it's just going to be much of a grind just to have those resources. If there really is 16, 17 different forms of Arceus. Personally, I don't know that Pokemon. I haven't really ventured out since really past yellow. I mean, being back into Pokemon Go since 2020, like I mentioned, you know, I'm still learning Pokemon by their name, their types, moves, and all that fun stuff. And I just think if if there's Arceus, 17 different forms, I almost want to say, I guess, the 100 candies and 100,000 Stardust may be just fine. Because you kind of have to put it in some perspective that maybe some collectors or trainers or even PvP battlers are going to want the best IVs possible. Maybe they'll try catching five different hundos and maybe try to just change once or twice for each one of those. I mean, I don't know. But if that's what it's going to be, it's going to probably be somewhat realistic. I don't know if I want more of that challenge on top of it, but I would rather just see how Furfro works with this mechanic. And I guess what I'm trying to say is just take things step by step and make sure that this works just so when Arceus comes out, would it be possibly January? We're hoping maybe it'll come right. out during the game release on the Switch, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, but I think this mechanic is going to be a lot easier in the future. The other question I do have, though, is how is it going to work for Genesect? Because doesn't it have it like four, maybe five forms? And we already have like two raids or two Genesect raids with two different types, so I wonder how that's going to blend or mesh in or maybe they may have like a limit like five forms or more they're right, going to do this right. yeah i don't think for genesect they will implement this i believe genesect only has four forms i could be wrong uh deoxys also has four forms and they didn't they're not going to change what they've done with deoxys and they've already like you said introduced the burn drive form of genesect so i don't see them implementing this mechanic and maybe it's like you said if it's five or more forms this mechanic is subject to that Pokemon, but I don't see them implementing it to Genesect. Once I gave it some thought, I, I I was like, you know what? I don't think, A, they've already introduced the Pokemon, and B, there's probably enough forms for them to exploit it for as much money as they can, which is what Niantic does. If they feel like they can exploit something for as much money as they can, and look, they're a business, they're, they're more than welcome to do that, that's typically what they do. So I don't see them implementing this mechanic onto a Genesect, really. That makes sense. I can see that. I mean, I, I, I definitely want to see the release of this. I mean, we're going to see in a couple days. So I just want to see how it's going to work out. And I guess we're going to know our answers, or at least a better answer by our next episode. But anyways, let's... You know what? It's kind of funny that struck my chord a little bit, what you mentioned from this whole update mechanic that you were talking about with the challenge... You know, there was something that was brought up maybe a week or two ago from the beginning of the season. I was actually watching one of the top leaderboard trainers in the world, uh, Wanko. I don't remember his full name, but I think that's just the shortcut name I'm going to go with right now. He's been on the leaderboard probably like one, 
like anywhere from one to five. Like he's he's just always up there. But anyways, I saw him during stream one day. I caught him uh, by surprise, and I was just watching for about thirty minutes to an hour. He's obviously waiting for his next battle. But it was funny how someone in the commentary was mentioning some questions or asking some questions, wondering, hey, you know what? You know, how can he be like the best player? What can I do to 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 be good or to get legend or how do you do it? And his first response was, well, it's mostly luck. <laughs> and I was just like, sit, and I was just sitting back and I'm just wondering like, really coming from like one of the top players in the world, always on the leaderboard, his first response. Now, granted, it maybe could have been like a sarcastic response, but just to say it's mostly luck. It's just, it just made me wonder, is like really hitting legend luck and what kind of, because we already talked about this already now with XL Pokemon and Ultra League and how people are, you know, hitting or, or performing a lot better or a lot worse. It's like the rich is getting richer and the poor is getting poorer kind of situation. So it really it's 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 like a push and pull for me right now because I hit I think this is my third season already hitting Legends and I understand the grinds to get to Legend. I really appreciate it. But now hitting Legend for the third time, it makes me wonder is there a certain strategy or ways to make it easier to hit the legends? And is, is it really true to what Wanko is really saying as far as there's a lot more luck to it than, than skill when it comes to hitting legends? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. There's definitely, and there's no debating that luck is a factor in go battle league success, but that shouldn't take away from having success in go battle league. Let, let, first of all, in almost any sport, there is an element of luck. Obviously, there's a lot of skill involved, right? But if you've ever watched a game of football and the game goes into overtime, in overtime, they flip a coin. And if you call it right, you get the football first. If you score a touchdown, you win the game. The other team doesn't even have a chance to get the ball. If you score a touchdown, that's luck. But that's also skill. It's luck because you got the coin flip, right? And it's skill because you got the ball first and you scored a touchdown. That's just part of the game and it's a big part of the game there we, we we talked about this in episode one where maybe we'd like to see a show six pick three format where that's a little bit more strategic that's a little bit more of game planning around gbl but there is an element of it being rock paper scissor and there's no there's no way to take that out with the format of it just being pick three pick three i can't see who you have here we go right? There's no debating that. But there's a lot of skill involved. You can overcome a bad lead. I mean, I, I lost a couple of games on Go Battle Night in which I was running Pidgeot on the lead and I ran into a Venusaur and I lost those games. You know, those trainers were skilled enough to overcome that with not only team composition, but strategy and, you know, knowing that they could throw a fast move or two before a Pidgeot can get a gust in. It's just that's part of the game and you have to know how to work around it. So there's no denying it. Luck's a part of the game and it's going to be a part of the game in terms of Go Battle League as long as the format is the way it is. But that's not to take away from reaching Legend or if you in the, in the first few seasons of reaching Rank 10. That takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of time. It takes knowledge to know your type advantages, your moves, your counts, your sack swapping. So, you know, I agree. It's luck, but it's not all luck. It's it's a part of it. It's a, a quarter to a third of it is luck. But the other two thirds or the other three quarters is skill. It's game planning. It's team composition. It's knowing how to run your team. 
So I, I don't agree that it's just luck, but there's no way around it that it is absolutely a part of the game. Yeah, I definitely feel like his response wasn't really that much helpful for the newcomers or maybe anyone that was really, I don't know who the person was that was asking and look, the I'm, question. I'm, I'm sure that he said it's... that kind of tongue in cheek, not wanting to give an answer with depth like I just gave you right there. I'm sure that that's what that was. I don't know who, who I know who the person who you're talking about, but I don't know, you know, in, in what context it was said. I'm sure he was streaming and it was asked and he didn't want to get into the whole thing. So, oh yeah, luck. Ha 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 ha. You know that I'm, I'm sure that that's what it was, but Yes, it's a part of the game, but there's just no way around it. There's, there's. If you want to play Go Battle League, you you have to learn how to overcome bad leads. If you lost, you know, in a set, sometimes you'll lose all five leads. That's bad luck. It's a part of the game, though, and you have to learn how to overcome it if you want to be a successful battler. That is very true. And it's funny because you're actually bringing that up, too, is the fact that it just came to my mind that there's usually that advice that goes around that people say, oh, if you're having you know, a bad set or a bad day, or if it's just not working during that specific time of the day you're battling, don't do your sets. And I don't know who's like, keep pushing that advice, but I don't think that is the best advice at all. I mean, you have to think about it, like put that into real terms, like put it in the real world. If you're just having a bad luck or just not having a good day, what are you going to do? turn off life and just you know cuddle <laughs> up in your bed i mean no it's like you gotta have to work your way around it and make it work but no it's 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 interesting and it's funny because i get joked upon about that when i stream because i had a couple new faces come along they're like oh you're having some bad sets you're, you're you dropped 200 points stop battling i'm like no i'm not gonna stop my stream it actually happened yesterday or two days ago let's just say go battle day i actually played 26 sets straight in a row and that was seven hours long i mean i think i was really pushing my mind a little bit i think i was losing myself after five hours but i played it through and i enjoyed it no matter what i did get frustrated sometimes and other times i really enjoyed it like you said luck worked for your favor and sometimes it didn't but i think that just came to like playing with other teams exploring having fun and I just think GBL is just that's that's the name of the game right there. It's just enjoy the roller coaster ride, enjoy grabbing the bull by its horns and just go with it and just don't be afraid. You know, just lose. If you're not gonna hit legend this season, it's okay. You know, you have next season and the game's not gonna stop. Yeah, you know? I agree. I I've never been one to uh, say I'm having a, a a few bad sets. I've never been one to just stop playing. Maybe I've done it once or twice, but I never did it on the advice of, well, if you're having a bad day, you should stop playing. Like I've never done that. And I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that's good advice. If you want to play, play to me, playing Pokemon go is therapeutic. It's a little bit of an escape from my busy day and whatever else I have going on in life. And it's fun. It's something for me to do. That's positive. If you're having a bad go battle league set or day, sure, take a break. But I, I'm not one that subscribes to that theory of like, yeah, if, you, if you've had two negative sets, just stop. No, no, I, I've never done that. And I, and I agree with you. That's not something that uh, that I particularly believe in. Or the other the other advice that people say, too, is the fact that like, oh, you had three, four ones or five oh sets. Stop before you start losing your ELO. Or nope, you never done that down. either. You know, people claim it could be the algorithm or whatever it may be, but I mean, I don't know. It's like if you love the game, just play it. If you're gonna win, you're gonna win. If you're gonna lose, yeah, you're gonna for, lose. And for somebody like you and just, I, Dom, because I know how your schedule is, you know how mine is. I don't have pockets of free time. 
I don't have two to three areas throughout my day where I'm sitting around doing nothing. You know, for me, it's just sometimes I just have to get them out of the way. And it's it's doesn't matter if I'm having a good or bad day. And even if I'm having a bad day, you know, there's still stardust to, to get out of it. And then also, I think a cool thing about it, too, is that you get to experience other team comps that you come up against. And it gives you an idea of like, oh, maybe I should try this Pokemon with this team. Or maybe this core works together uh, with this other Pokemon. So it gives... It, it revives your mind and keeps you stimulated as you play the game, which is always a plus on my ends, win or lose. I don't care. But I think what the most amazing thing that happens, and we saw it on Twitter, I think I shared it to you, or you probably seen it because we both experienced it right at like around the same time. But there's one player already that hit legend during Go Battle Day, and I knew this was going to happen. The funny part is, I thought it was going to be like, Hey, Donis or Smash King or there was a few other players. Uh, no, tre- uh, no, Tref Clef or I forgot his name. But there was a new guy. I think he's new. His name was uh, Bopper, but at least that's the guy that, that that goes by his name on Twitter. He hit legend first, and I think he did it in 325 battles. And I think he won 212, 215. Don't quote me on it, but. I think talking about skill or luck, I think that that is like mm-hmm. skill right there. That's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, to to be three weeks into the season, that's a three month long season, and you've already reached a uh, legend. That is quite the accomplishment. So, congratulations to Bopper, if that was his name. Uh, an, an incredible feat. Maybe this sets up a conversation for another day, Dom, as to maybe there should be something to achieve after Legend Dom, because now you're having people reach legend in in less than a month which is less than a third of the season so that that can be a conversation for another day but yeah i mean it, I, I feel it, it's it's so funny because i'm thinking about the other day and the season has felt so long and i'm looking back when i hit veteran the other day and i'm like damn we're only in the first go around of ultra league <laughs> you know there's plenty of time to go here there's plenty of time to and that's why you can't panic at these ebbs and flows of your elo i was up at 2400 and then i was uh, within three or four days i was down below 2100 it happens it happens in the name of figuring out a team and like you said dom it gives you an opportunity to try new teams and now i've tried a new team and now i'm i'm up at 2600 so uh congratulations to vopper that's an amazing feat feel free to come on the podcast someday pal yeah that would be amazing i want to know some like tips and tricks or what's what's the mindset or the process of what you do to to win those battles because that's that what is that that's like 80 percent wins that's i don't it's, it's just amazing close to 70 percent. so we go from having community day uh yesterday at this point when you're hearing the podcast now to looking forward to the next community day the october community day which was announced as duskull it was announced shortly after we finished our first episode of the podcast dom you know, does this one move the needle? Probably not, right? I think it's a cool niche Pokemon. It'll have some some play maybe in cups, maybe even in the Halloween Cup. We don't know yet. Although it looks basically like a lesser version of Kafagrigus with the, the move pool is almost virtually the same as Kafagrigus. I'm not even as excited about the Dusk Noir as I am about Dusk Clops because I hate when they do this when... The first two forms of a family and their shinies are really cool. And then the third one is just a dud. You know, Garchomp is a great example. Great first two shinies in 
Gibble and Gabite. And then Garchomp is just terrible. You can't even tell it's shiny. I think the Mega will probably be much better. But I hate it when the third form of a family, the shiny, is not as exciting as the first two. And for me, Duskull and Dusclops are really cool. They're kind of red. And then the Dusk Noir just completely loses that color. Dragonite's another good one, right? I think uh, Dratini and Dragonair are pink. And then Dragonite is green out of nowhere. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But for me, a Pokemon don't don't doesn't really move the needle. Like I said, I will definitely do my my homework and get all the the uh, Pokemon for every league I need. Dusclops is actually somewhat relevant in Great League, so that might be something I can finally build. Really, what you're focusing on in the next Community Day, Dom, is the Triple Stardust, right? Yeah, definitely the Triple Stardust. I mean, granted, gosh, I my emotions are all over the place when it comes to this community day and just everything else in the past couple days that we experience you know granted having oshawa community day wasn't really the best thing i think it was a good breather for myself personally after spending seven hours playing gbl nyanta keeps pumping us with so many events it's so hard to keep up and just to just to maintain that balance of life and just games and it's just crazy but yeah dusk nor it's it's gonna be another casual play and i think it's somewhere around a certain event as well too which may not be beneficial for everyone so it may kind of work out in its benefit that way but i think dust clops as far as i remember I think we did get a recent update somewhere that it is going to get Shadow Ball 2, which well, is going to be great. I think that's the community they moved. Not times. Well, for Dusknor, yes, but I think they finally announced it because we talked about this before we did the recording last week that it's like they released the news about Dusknor. It's going to get Shadow Ball. They were like, well, what about Dusclops? Like, hey, like the middle Pokemon is not going to get the same move as the final evolution. And I think they finally released that news that October 9th or something like that, that's going to be released for Dusclops and it's going to uh, have that move. So I guess maybe that would be more of the low key favorite Pokemon to hunt for during the next community day and not necessarily Dusknor unless, again, a new move comes up that we don't know about that's going to make a game changing um, presence. But I was hoping for Shadow Claw for Dusknor because when I was doing the PV poke calculations, having Shadow Claw as its fast move and not having Shadow Ball gives it like a fifty percent more win rate. I'm like, oh damn, man, this is gonna be like the the future Sableye of Ultra League, but I guess we're not gonna get that. We're just gonna get Shadow Ball. So I don't know. It has a pretty high defense stat. It may work for certain specialty cups that we mentioned about, but I don't know. I think maybe it's okay for a Pokemon for Community Day just to have that casual play again because I don't know how many more times I can keep on grinding for a certain event just to stay on top of the game <laughs> before I pass out. Right, It's not even that it won't be relevant in the Ultra League. It's the problem with Ultra League is that you have so many dark Pokemon that are already relevant that can do damage to a Ghost-type Pokemon. You have Scrafty. You have Umbreon, you have Amanda Buzz, and, and those three are prevalent everywhere in Ultra League. So it's not so much that it, it it's not going to be the Sableye of the Ultra League as much as it is as you have these counters to it already in the league. So, you know, look, it, it's not a Pokemon that is going to be extremely meta-relevant after this Community Day, but I, I, I think that a lot of the Pokemon... and. 
Duskull was a Pokemon that at first was a, a two-stage Pokemon. It was Duskull and Dusclops. And then it was one of these Pokemon that got a third evolution in Gen 4. There was about 10 Pokemon in Gen 4 that got evolutions in the first two or three games that didn't have one. For example, uh, Electabuzz got an evolution in Gen 4 to Electivire. Mag- Magmar. Magmar, Magmar. Ma- Magmar right? got an evolution in Gen 4. Magmar's a Gen 1 Pokemon. It had no evolutionary form whatsoever in Gen 1. Then it got a baby, and then it got a a third stage evolution in Magmortar. You know, Togekiss, Licky Licky, uh, Tangrowth, these are all Pokemon that got an extra evolutionary stage in Gen 4, and Duskull is one of those. Dusk Noir was introduced in Gen 4, so I I definitely think it's a cool Pokemon to have. Uh, the, the Triple Stardust in and of itself makes this a community day worth participating in, but um, I think for the most part, Dom, gone are the days where every single community day, and I don't know if you were playing the game at this point, where the first the first six months or 12 months of community days were epic Pokemon. I mean, we had, if I'm not mistaken, it was Pikachu first, then it was Mareep, and then in, in some shape or form, you got Dratini, you got Beldum, you got Bagon, you got Larvitar, mm-hmm. you got all these extremely meta-relevant Pokemon that are pseudo-legendaries in their generations. And I think Niantic is going away from that. Now, we still got the Garchomp Community Day. I think every once in a while, you'll get one of those now, maybe every six months. But I don't think it's going to be as commonplace as it was two or three years ago when Community Day was first introduced, where you had every other Community Day was a starter, and then it was an epic Pokemon. And I think that's good. We talked about this a few minutes ago, Dom, where if, if there's too much of something, it devalues what that is if there's too many Mewtwo raids it devalues having an actual Mewtwo if there's too many Arceus it's not a special Pokemon anymore so I think that community days from now on will feature Pokemon like Duskull they're a little bit more low-key in terms of meta relevancy they'll have they'll have a lot of play in these meta cups and then every once in a while you'll get a a, an epic community day maybe every six months I know the next one that everybody's kind of waiting for is maybe Litwick, or maybe it's even uh, Dino or Dino. Yeah, so I think everybody's <laughs> waiting for a Litwick or a, a Dino to come because those are Pokemon that have three-stage evolutions, and they're also, they can be extremely meta-relevant with an exclusive move. But, you know, I'm, I, I love Community Day. I had a great time yesterday at the park meeting people, talking to my friends that I hadn't seen in a while, like I said earlier in the episode, we met some new people, and that's what that's what this Pokemon Go journey is about, is not just playing the game and getting better, but just developing these relationships with people at these events. And, and, and we're going to touch on this every single episode, Dom. That's what we want to do with this podcast. It was fun. We, you and I were out there today. You were recording a YouTube video, but we were also meeting new people in the community and, and just participating in our local community, and that's what the game is about. Definitely can say the facts of what you just touched upon was the highlight of the Community Day. And I think that really sums up everything about the Community Day. And just to put a reminder, to put things in perspective, that not every single Community Day has to be the best or the most meta-relevant Pokemon just to get everyone to go out and play. It should be just to go out and play and have those relationships and meet new people like you mentioned. And I think those are... 
more of those memories that we should keep encouraging and develop more organic energy and, and vibes that way. And I think that's just cool because like what you said, we met some kids that were 12 years old playing up to someone that was, you know, maybe in their seventies. I don't even know, but just that ray of age group and just to have the same common denominator, no matter if they're shiny hunting, collecting, finding the best IVs or just raiding until they don't have any more passes or money in their wallets. It's we're all here at the same day. We're all having fun. And I think that was just the coolest experience. And it was just a nice reminder because with COVID and everything, it's we're, we've been in our rooms and isolated way too long. And it, it was just a nice refresher at the end of the day. And I, I enjoyed it. So, you know, having Desknor as the next community day, I'm glad at the end of the day, that's not something that's so relevant that I have to hunt so bad. I, I want to have fun, you know, meeting new people, hang out and, and just see what develops. Yeah, from there. I completely agree with you. I mean, I'll definitely be out there grinding that stardust, but it, you don't have to be laser focused on grinding for the dust goal on that, on that specific day. So make sure to check out Dom on YouTube at Pogo Doms. That's where you can find his everything, his Twitch, his YouTube. He'll have a video from our experience at the park on community day this weekend. And also in the future, uh, we're going to have some way for, for our listeners to interact with us uh, and email. You can send in questions. You can also follow us on Twitter, of course, uh, at GoBattleCast. And also in the future, we're going to have some kind of merch for you. We're, think, we're, we're, we're putting together some ideas. Dom and I are brainstorming everything now, but we want to have a lot of fun with this. We want to be interactive with people who listen to the podcast. We're thinking of like sending people who may, may possibly subscribe to our Patreon outtakes of us you know because because we we have some outtakes when we're recording that are not included in the episode so we want to make this fun not only for dom and i but for everybody listening to the show so stay tuned for that but appreciate everybody coming in for episode two that's the music here and we'll see y'all next week for episode three here on the go battlecast thanks for catching an episode of go battlecast to catch them all Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, check out Go Battlecast on Twitter to connect with Zach and Dom. We'll see you next time.